how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Drew Burney was in the middle of a PhD program in neuroscience when he started working with Mark Manson. That came out of left field, he told me. Manson initially hired Burney as a researcher to help the author, quote, synthesize complicated ideas. These days, Mark Manson is one of the most famous authors thanks to the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Burney oversees website content, SEO, and email. In this interview, we talk about being curious by nature, blurred responsibility lines with small teams, why he enjoys being a generalist, how they set up Manson's premium account for the website, and the problem with today's market encouraging creatives to, quote, niche down. I've had a long and winding path, actually. Um, I was in the middle of a PhD program in neuroscience when I started working with uh, with Mark Manson. And um, that, yeah, so it kind of came out of left field. He hired me on originally, this was almost nine years ago now, to be a researcher for him. Um, I had a background in psychology, neuroscience, uh, that kind of stuff. And he needed someone to, you know, uh, dig up uh, good science and articles for him and help him synthesize kind of complicated ideas. And um, uh, yeah, I was in the middle of a PhD program and um, uh, he sent out an email saying, hey, I'm looking for somebody and the job description kind of fit me perfectly. So that was my kind of initial, I, I guess that was trial by fire. I got got thrown into the mix that way. Over the years, it's definitely evolved more into, I, I don't do as much research anymore. It's, I kind of just run content at this point and help with the marketing, the email, uh, used to run social media. Now we have a full-time social media person um, and she's great. And so, yeah, now I kind of oversee more content, website content um, and email are kind of the two big ones, SEO, that kind of stuff. So Mark's like, he's kind of just um, <clears throat> the way he hires and the way he kind of looks for people to work for him are you know, people who are just curious by nature, I think, and kind of self-teachers. And that's definitely just so he's like, you know, go out and learn SEO, go out and learn email marketing, go out and learn this, figure it out on your own and come back to me. So yeah. that was kind of how, yeah, I just got thrown into it that way, I guess. What I just listened to his interview with Tim Ferriss. I feel like yeah. I can't remember the other thing he said, but I feel like he said a researcher is this and then like an assistant or something totally different. Like, how did he define a researcher when you were doing that for him? Yeah. So when, you know, when I started out, it, there, he had one other full-time uh, employee that had been working for him, I think about a year or so. Um, and he still works with us today. So he's been working for, for Mark about 10 years now and he runs, but he runs more of the like analytics. Uh, he's a, he's a self-taught programmer. He does all that, like the tech side of stuff. Um, so he hired on me as a researcher. Um, and I was also kind of doing a few duties as his assistant as well, you know, at the time. Um, the the research role, we now have someone else who does a lot of the research for us, uh, Val, she's awesome too. And it's, she also wears a lot of hats. We, we all wear a lot of hats. There's four full-time employees plus Mark, so five of us total. We all end up having to wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of blurred lines and responsibilities. We all kind of just pick up wherever we need to. But I mean, basically, you know, a researcher 
if we're if Mark wants to really dive deep on a topic or even just I guess not even necessarily dive deep, he just wants to know more about a topic for writing purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, we just go out and we dig up what we can find. You hit hit all the um, uh, kind of academic journals um, and everything like that. Whatever else we can pull up to, mm-hmm. that's a big big part of it. Um, and then yeah, the rest of us kind of help out on the assistant side. So I mentioned our social media person Jess. She's um she her main focus is social media, but she helps out a lot with like customer service. You know, um, Val she helps out with website content as well as research and just kind of anything we need her for. Mm-hmm. Where Philip is more kind of just the tech side of everything, um, and then I kind of go between everything as well. So yeah. So for those like just not familiar, Mark's an author. He writes blogs. He writes emails. He's doing some video content, kind of more a little bit more recently. What's the main purpose of Mark's website? So if I look at it, it's we give away a chapter of the subtle art. We collect mm-hmm. an email. There's some links to articles. Take my courses. Another mm-hmm. kind of a, a kind of a summary of the emails, like a five minutes each week that could change your life. Would you say the point of that is to capture email from a marketing perspective? Like, how do you guys look at that? Yeah, I, at this point in the kind of evolution of Mark's brand, that's definitely a, a, one of the key roles of the website for sure. Um, we mainly, our, our two big channels are SEO and social media at this point, and they kind of feed off of each other. It's, you know, um, but email is definitely the kind of like the funnel we're kind of uh, pushing people into mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give them our ecosystem. It's by far our most profitable channel. Um, it's our most engaged channel. Um, it's, uh, for a while it was our fastest growing channel too. Um, we got pretty aggressive with list cleaning for a little, probably overly aggressive for a little while. And so we've kind of cold back that a little bit, yeah. but yeah, definitely, uh, the, the business model is definitely get people in with SEO, uh, and, and social media, keep them engaged with social media, keep them engaged with email, sell to them on email. So I would say, yeah, the website right now is definitely, definitely newsletter focused. What was the initial conversation? I'll go into it in a minute, like kind of what this is, but to start somewhat of a premium account, a premium subscription, what was the initial conversation around that? So that was clear back in, I think, late 2016, early 2017. I want to say the subtle art had just come out. I'd been working for Mark for a little over two years at that point, I believe. Yeah, about two and a half going on three years at that point. And before that we had sold just kind of it was just courses it was on a subdomain it was a really separate thing that we were um pushing people towards i think we tried out a subscription for that and then just changed it to a one-time pay model because we couldn't figure that out and then mark the subtle art came out Mm. and blew up you know i think by the by early 2017 it had been out since september 2016 it had sold a million copies by that point and so mark was just as surprised as anyone (laughs) at that point that it was doing so well. And he took a good hard look at like, okay, what, what's the next step? Um, One of the options was, you know, go big, hire a whole bunch of coaches, build this out, make this whole brand around this thing and, you know, do the kind of Tony Robbins style, Mm -hmm. you know, self-help sort of thing. And it just didn't interest him at the time. And I'm looking back to it, didn't fit his personality. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he thought, well, I, I just, I just want to write. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And just from talking to people for years and and we kind of did some, you know, reach out to customers and stuff at that point, people who big fans, I guess, who really liked him, like, you know, what do you want to see more of? And they're like, we just like his writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we want to see. And so Mark's like, well, let's just make most of it free. Most of my writing is going to be free. We're going to keep the, uh, the, the newsletter free. 
but we're going to have a premium section to the website. We already had a whole bunch of courses at that point. Um, and so we just added to the website or, or to the, uh, to the subscription, some premium articles and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we found out that, there, I mean, there's just, there were enough hardcore fans who were like, I want to read everything Mark puts out. If we put some of the more, I would call it actionable slash really nerdy kind of like uh, psychology and, and mm-hmm. self-help stuff behind a paywall that people would are a little bit more, um, people who are hardcore fans are a little bit more uh, willing to pay for you know, we found that to be, it was, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, we went away from that for a little while for like, uh, over 2022, I guess it was, we decided, okay, we're just going to go in, all in on the courses basically. Um, and not have that premium content side to it. And we found that was just a kind of a disaster. 2022 did not go as well as we we had <laughs> hoped. And so we were reverting back to what we did in 2017, more or less at this point. Yeah. Okay. I want to kind of just read through these just for the the listeners sure. here. So about, as you said, about two thirds of the websites for free, but the most transformative and life-changing content is reserved for premium subscribers. And to kind of break down what, what does that mean? If you read down the page, um, access to 40 plus premium articles, it looks like there's at least six online video courses. It looks like you guys are building all this in house as well. Audio yep. commentaries on the book. So that's multiple hours of audio content, an ebook library, um, mm-hmm. some ask anything videos, and then some possibly some invites to uh, events and meetups. Mm-hmm. Is this also, so I just subscribed recently. Is this also an email? Um, like, what do you guys feel obligated to do long term with this? Right, sure. So the, the newsletter, as far as I know and and concerned, the newsletter itself will always be free. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Mark would come out with a separate one that would be paid. I don't know. I don't think he has much interest in that. Mm-hmm. And my my personal opinion on that is people, for newsletters specifically anyway, people generally will pay for newsletters if it's if it's going to make them money. I think they're more apt to pay for it, right? You know? Um, or if it's a, a around a skill that can make them money, that it, that's a more lucrative business, yeah, you know, so, investment newsletters, right. uh, real estate stuff, you know, that so kind for of listeners stuff. not familiar, like the big, you know, the big click funnels, Russell Brunson thing is it needs yep. to improve your health, wealth, or relationships. I would yep. say health or wealth is going to be your big money. You guys are in the more relationship niche. So there is some yep. kind of difficulties there. Yeah. And well, I mean, you know, Mark started out as a, you know, a dating advice guy way right. back in the day. Um, and so that's a lucrative market to be in too, but he just found himself. He's like, I don't want to write about this the rest of my life. So I got to do something different, you know? Um, and there's probably a a ceiling to that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Mark is definitely more of a, like a a mass market appeal, uh, especially at this point after the books and everything have done so well. Um, we're looking at a mass market, uh, kind of model where we don't have to have super high conversion rates. Uh, to sustain because we have such big traffic and stuff like that. So, you know, our, our conversion rates aren't blockbuster by any means. We, you know, we do well, but um, I think it's just the space is so competitive for one and people, you know, if people are going to look out like, Oh, how do I, I don't know, improve a relationship or get more motivated to do something. You're not at that stage in the funnel, at least you're not super motivated to buy anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. So we definitely have to, we have this, kind of system set up where we have to foster that relationship for a while, which is great for the entire business model. If it's a book, you know, that Mark wants to write five years down the road, well, we've already got an active uh, captive audience to, right. to market to. So, yeah. 
So maybe uh, from your perspective, maybe it's a longer runway to get into the premium model, but then, mm-hmm. um, so you may have less of the people who join a per- join right away. And then I don't know, they want more or they do, or they read through everything really quickly and take everything. And there's yeah. lots of people who do all the information and then don't take action on those things. And they just absorb the content. Do you guys see some of that? Is that a complaint? Are there any complaints you get? I, that, I think we see a lot of that. And that's just kind of, I don't know, we're fighting human nature a little bit there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we definitely see that. And that's a, I mean, and Mark has not been, um, he's not kept this a secret that, you know, the whole point of improving yourself is to stop working on yourself at some point, right? So it's like, we've kind of got it baked into the model where it's going to expire at some point. I mean, right. there's obviously going to be people all the time who, who want to improve their lives and relationships and everything like that. But um yeah, I mean, that's definitely something we have to um, worry about. Mark, every few months, will bring that up. He's like, you know, what, there's a way to distract yourself, and that's just to read and consume this information and not do anything with it. Yeah. And I think that's part of, like, the next evolution in in his thinking and, and the business model, really, uh, doing YouTube. Um, he's kind of doubling down on YouTube content going forward. We hired two new people and everything like that. Um, and so this year we're going to be experimenting a lot with that and it's going to be very action focused and like, okay, you know, we have this whole library of content. We know what to do now. How do you get people to actually do it? And I think Mark's going to be exploring a lot of different ways, um, with the YouTube channel, especially on, on how we can do that. Hmm. I think you talked a little bit on the, on the Tim Ferriss show about maybe, uh, finding some people to follow some of his advice and actually make them do it and follow him over a a period of time. And he's in a good position where maybe he can spend the money to do something like that, just to kind of do the the documentary style aspect of it. Yeah. And one thing, you know, we've seen, especially with kind of, you know, over the last few years, YouTube, TikTok, everything like video has kind of blown up in a way that um, I guess was always coming, but it really kind of hit in the last few years. And a lot of the accounts you'll find like on YouTube in this space anyway, if, or even if you look at like, say Mr. Beast, right? Like well, yeah. he's probably, I think he is the biggest YouTube channel mm-hmm. out there at this point, or one of the, the biggest ones anyway. Um, it's awesome. It's great content, super engaging. People love it. Um, but it's all kind of surface level too. Yeah. And so Mark, I think Mark sees this also as a way kind of to take that next step and get, uh, you know, in five years, we all kind of think that YouTube is just, it, it already kind of, it is for a big portion of the population. It's TV for, yeah, uh, yeah especially young people and stuff like that. Um, that trend's not slowing down. So we're just thinking, well, we're going to go there and own own that space um, and have our own media platform for it as as kind of the the antidote to all of that. And, and you know, up the level of the content on there. I was going to say, yeah, some of the, uh, some of the decisions are probably easy of like, what's a YouTube video versus a free article in terms of like, here's some catchy headline, mm-hmm. something like that, but something a little bit more complicated makes more sense to be premium. And those people that are already paying you, they don't really care as much the headline. They want the information and the actionable mm-hmm. steps. Ideally, that's, you know, that's the way I kind of think about it anyway. Um, are there any like examples of headlines or pieces or ideas where you guys are not quite sure if they're premium or not anything that comes to mind i'm just curious what that conversation is like oh that's always a tough one honestly usually what it comes down to because we will discuss this and it is a tough decision sometimes and usually what it comes down to is mark says well i'm just going to take the afternoon and go through everything and tell you which ones i want (laughs) so that's kind of what ends up happening he has a process i think for some um a lot of times though I, i kind of alluded to this already a lot of times it is kind of a little bit more uh, uh, esoteric and a little bit, um, 
kind of uh, maybe even academic at some some point. Some of those some of the premium articles are definitely like that. A little bit more research goes into those, or we, we discuss the research in a little bit more detail in a few of those. Um, where you know, and that takes a certain kind of person who actually wants to even read something like that. It's usually a super fan of some sort that would would go for that. Um, so that's kind of one general, I think, criteria we mm-hmm. use. Other times too, it's just it's if we don't think it would just have mass appeal and just a, a smaller number of diehard fans would um, would enjoy that. That's kind of what we use as as our premium content. I think, yeah. Is there any North Star where you can go too far? Do you ever get somewhere and you're like, well, wait a minute, we we still sell books that say fuck in the title. We still need to have some of that stuff there. Do you guys have like rules like that or something in the content? Yeah. So Mark kind of put his own handcuffs on there for a, a while there, right? And so he's kind of the the uh the fuck guy, right? And um that's a double-edged sword, obviously. For a long yeah. time he couldn't he couldn't get on, you know, talk shows and everything like that, even though he was selling millions of books. And, um, you know, we were a little bit surprised that the New York times even, you know, put them on the list in the first mm-hmm. place. And then after that, it just kind of opened a floodgate for everybody else. Um, or it was all kind of in the ether, I think at that time anyway. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, he, he kind of did make his own bed there for a little while. And we, we do see long-term, we see a way out of that. You know, not everything has to be, you yeah. know, uh, have, have the F bomb in a title or anything like that. When, when, I guess just a little side story. Well, I guess he told this on the Tim Ferriss podcast too, but when, when the subtle art of not giving a fuck, the article came out, mm-hmm. Mark didn't know. He's like, I, is this, he came to me and he was like, is this bullshit? Is it brilliant? I have no idea. And I read it and I'm like, we're, we're doing it. You know, this, I don't care what you say. We're doing it. Um, oh, you're, you're the guy he was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. He came, yeah. Okay. He came to me and he's just like, can you read it? And I could, I mean, I could barely get through the thing. I was laughing so hard and, but also like, holy shit, this has actually got a lot of like really kind of, yeah. you know, deeper, profound things that in a, a blog post that are, are pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so that kind of started that whole process of, um, you know, he became the not given a fuck guy at that point. And when he went to shop around for um, publishers, we were debating going self-publishing or or going traditional route. That was twenty, you know, fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. um, back in the day where you know everybody kind of thought, oh, self-publishing is going to like take over the world and stuff like that. Well, that didn't happen, and we kind of saw the writing on the wall at that point too. So we shopped that around. They and the publishers were like, yeah, let's do this. And then I think every point thereafter too. I think they're pretty much dead set on every book Mark has to put out is going to have the word fuck in the title. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I, there's probably going to come a point where we have to have a conversation about that. Um, you know, and, and then not only on top of that, everybody else started doing it too. Right. Like um, th- there was kind of a few things going on. I think you are a badass. that book by Jen. Uh, what's her name? Shapiro or something. Yeah. 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 yeah that one had come out. Um, there was another book by a father daughter, uh, combo they were both therapists or something like that it was like fuck feelings or something like that so yeah. it was kind of happening and then mark's book blew up and kind of opened the floodgates like i said yeah um but yeah you're right it kind of it, it did kind of back him into a corner for a little while there and um i don't know part of it we just accepted it like yeah you know that's what it is that's fine it turns half the people off that read it whatever um right. that's just how it goes um but you know well Mark's getting older, you know, I'm getting older, we're all getting older and we're like, yeah, maybe that was, that was fun for a little while. Let's try something different. 
And I still think the the message of that first book is still really appealing because it's not like a nihilistic thing. There's so much more right. to it than that. And that's the same with Four Hour Work Week and all these books that last yep. 10 years, you know. Yep. Um, so moving aside from Mark a little bit, if you were giving advice to novice authors, wherever they're at today, um, mm-hmm. when might you start to look at some of these things? Like, would your focus automatically be email lists, creating offers, writing, mm-hmm. obviously daily, like how might you look at some of those? Like where, where should someone be putting in the work if they don't really have an audience or if they have a small audience? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, as it just so happens, I'm actually working a little bit part-time with another author at this point too, who's kind of in that position. He's got a, a, a solid list, mm-hmm. um, but growing definitely. But um, the reason I, one of the big reasons I chose to work with him I mean, first of all, he's just got raw talent. The, the kid is just, he can write. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Cole Schaefer. You should look him up. He runs Honeycopy. He's mm-hmm. a, a phenomenal writer, um, but also just a real creative mind. He He's kind of trying to get his fingers into all different creative spaces. Because I think he he finds, he sees the writing on the wall too, where it's not, you know, a blog, you can have a blog and it can help you, but it can't be the only thing, right? Yeah. Um, but with him, it's definitely, we're trying to build the email list. And I think that's where people should still go. Um I don't know. I guess I see and read things every now and then. I don't know if I've seen any good data on it where like, you know, Gen Z doesn't read email or something like that. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but for whatever reason, email has, has been, and always probably will be our our main channel for us. The thing too, that Mark was able to do, one of the reasons going back to what I said about self-publishing versus uh, traditional publishing was that with the traditional publishing world, they had the infrastructure already in place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they had the distribution networks, they had all the connections to the big media, you know, legacy media outlets and new media too. Um, they were able to leverage all of that and be able to handpick authors who already had an audience built it on their own Mm -hmm. and had their own, you know, distribution network that was smaller than what they had, but still not a, a a trivial, uh, kind of drop in the bucket for them. So when Mark went shopping for publishers, he had a big old email list. I don't know what we had at that point. Probably, uh, we were probably put over two hundred thousand at that point. I, saying, I feel like if list. you have a hundred thousand, you're kind of in, or at least in the yeah, day, you know? yeah. I mean, a, a publisher sees that and they're like, "Well, I mean, they already have a captive audience. We should be able to, you know, if we get ten percent of those, that's a pretty good week in the first week of sales." You know, like that's right. that's not too bad. So I really do think just like building that audience ahead of time. Um, the way Mark did, the way Cole's, I'm um, helping Cole do it now. And he's, he already, he was already had a good start on it too. So for me, it was a no brainer to work with them. The kid again, phenomenal, uh, but also uh, just like relentless in his work ethic too. Mm-hmm. That was something else that I saw in him that I'm like, you know, yeah, you can't fake that. You can't, you can't, I can't coach that. I can't tell anybody how to do that, you know? So <laughs> phenomenal writer on top of just like a, like a hustler to the nth degree. And I'm like, there's no way this kid's not going to do yeah. well. The thing he needed, though, was help in kind of, we need one direction. Where are we going? What should I be doing? You should be build, building an email list is what you should be doing. I think that's that's my opinion. Is, is he nonfiction? Does he have a category yet you would define or not really? Um, he's all, he uh, Yeah, he's kind of a little bit all over the place. He's made, he's kind of cut his teeth in the business world anyway with copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's put out a few books of poetry and prose. Mm-hmm. Um, he does some spoken word stuff. His brother's a, a, a pretty solid musician on his own, right? Got a decent little following himself. And his brother kind of helps him do these, uh, 
uh, music uh, slash spoken words, kind of poetry with music. And they put them out on Spotify and they're really cool. You know, that hasn't really gone anywhere yet, but it's something he's experimenting with. It's yeah. kind of cool. Um, but as, as, in terms of genre, um, you know, he's dabbled a little bit in short stories and fiction, that kind of stuff. But I, you know, I think his, his strong suit is probably more in the nonfiction world as well. And kind of writing about creativity yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of how to build a life around a, build a creative life. That's kind of meaningful and, um, a good creative life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something I've always been interested in. I'd love to have me have him on the show. I'm super interested oh, in like, should. creativity and productivity. Like how do you do it long-term and just a lot of the types of questions I ask people and everything. You should get, you should get call on. He's, um, I, I, I joke with him. I'm like, we're just one of the, at some point for content, we're just going to put a camera on you throughout the day and just watch you work. Uh, and it's probably boring as hell. He's just in there typing. I know, but he just cranks it out and it's insane. Yeah. And it's always, I mean, you know, obviously there's, there's ones that are better than others, but um, it's always pretty high quality too. So I think you'd be, he'd be great for your, your podcast. And he's also into Like he wants to do screenwriting. He's written songs with people oh, cool. um, a few recently too, that just came out. Um, I'm going to forget the artist's name, but uh, you know, he's, he's kind of all over the place and just wants to be kind of, he, he, a lot of times he'll, he'll allude to like Shel Silverstein, mm-hmm. you know, like the the poet and writer. But he also wrote he wrote a boy named Sue for Johnny Cash, right? Like he, oh, he right. was all over the place as well. So yeah. yeah. So it seems like I mean you saw this thing in him, but other people would even though he's got a list and he's a hard worker, they want him to niche down, right? Don't you think like a lot of people would tell you to pick a niche until you hit I don't know ten thousand, hundred thousand followers, something like that. I, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think that is horseshit advice. <laughs> I uh, maybe not horseshit advice. Maybe for most people it is good advice. But when you have somebody like Mark or you have somebody like Cole, that what I see anyway, like that's what's the saying? Can't put a saddle on a Mustang, you know? Yeah. Like if you if you try to put them into one little box and like, all right, Mark, you need to go over here and all you need to write about is relationships. Yeah. For the next year, and he's probably just gonna say no and fire everybody and go and like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Right. Same thing with Cole. He's just, he's interested in so many different things. And that, that was the thing when we, when he, we first started talking, I've actually known Cole for a few years. Um, and when we first started talking about working together, I was like, you know, if I work with you, whether I work with you or not, somebody's going to come along and they're going to tell you that you need to niche down and you need to focus on one thing. And I'm like, do not listen to them because this is your unique blend of poetry, copywriting, music, weird thing coming together and it's its own you know greater than the sum of its parts um and and again like cole's just told me and mark's told me this too he's like if i just had to write about one thing for the rest of my life i'd go crazy Mm -hmm. and it just can't i can't do it and so they're not producing as good of work when you're trying to put them in that little box like that maybe maybe for some people and maybe starting out even too that's the way to do it again cole started out in copywriting mark started out in relationship type stuff and then they branched out maybe that's the way to go i don't know um, but once you hit a point, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see it like that. That could be my personal bias though, too, because I'm interested in everything under the sun. Everything fascinates me yeah. and I'm totally fine bouncing across domains and very comfortable with that. So I, I get it. The temptation to want to just focus on one thing. It makes sense. But, yeah. Um, and it's also, you know, we're talking about Mark Manson. So we're thinking about hundred millions of copies or whatever it is, but there's, right. there's great lives selling thousands of copies or, or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be something crazy. Something you just said right. reminded me of like, 
Uh, Austin Cleon, to me, seems kind of all yeah. over the place, but he is very known for this Still Like an Artist book, even though mm -hmm. it's definitely a kind of a hybrid. His, it's definitely his own thing, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was 2010, too. So he was yeah. in that class. I think that's when it came out anyway. That was, that was a long time ago. So he's been doing it for that long, and he's fine, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think it's... Um, I, I mean, I think it's important to, to just kind of find your, to find that mix. Honestly, one of the things that Cole and I have been working on the last few months is just trying to figure out, okay, that's okay that we do all these things, but how do we kind of put it together? That's, right. that's the challenge. The packaging is the challenge, I think. Um, and with him, we've really, I think we've started to find, oh, this is really a creativity. It's not a writing thing. It's not a necessarily art thing even really. It's just about living a creative life and being able to produce um good work and you know still be happy you know and not be not be miserable so yeah, yeah. that's a lot to think about yeah i'm trying to think of um <laughs> i don't know chase jarvis's book comes to mind but it, yeah it's so many other things in there that's not really just this one thing um any mm -hmm. other just like advice or things you're working on or anything we missed from this interview you'd like to kind of share oh man i don't know that we covered a lot in a short amount of time but that's kind of what um you know that Again, with Mark, what I've done is just it's I've had to wear a lot of hats and everything like that. And I I, I think for people, you know, I don't have I've the older I've gotten anyway, the more I kind of realize I don't have that raw talent that some of these people I work with. I just I don't I don't have that. I don't know. Maybe I could have cultivated it. Maybe mm -hmm. I still can not not putting that aside. But um, as me, I'm kind of a generalist. Um, if you kind of glean that from the conversations we've had. And I think that's a pretty good to be in right now um in the current economy is to be able to kind of cross these domains and you know my training and everything like that was like in neuroscience right and now i'm doing like marketing stuff being able to like figure out how those things work together i think that's a pretty good uh it's not a bad life i don't know um it's not like i said i'm not i don't see myself i just don't have that raw talent that these guys had or maybe even like i said cole is just cranking out work all the time mm -hmm. um and you know, if you're not a person who's, who operates like that, and there are people who just work slower. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad, bad way to live, to just kind of be more of a generalist and, and, and not, um, not put yourself in too many, uh, boxes anyway. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. If you're looking for some more information though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new chorus called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.